Alright guys, you guys know I am a Carolina basketball fan, but to say I'm excited about this next guest is an understatement. Uh, I, the NC State legend, one half of Fire and Ice. I've interviewed Mr. Chris Corciani a, a while back, and I've finally got the other half of Fire and Ice. My favorite NC State Wolfpack player of all time. He was the 1991 ACC Player of the Year. I mean... You talk about NC State basketball, this guy's name has to come up. Broke David Thompson's school score record at NC State. Fourth on the ACC's all-time scoring list with 2,551 career points. And in 2002, he was named to the ACC 50th anniversary men's basketball team, one of the 50 greatest players in Atlantic Coast Conference history, and with, with good reason there. I'm talking about... One half of Fire and Ice, I'm talking about Mr. Rodney Monroe. Welcome to the show, Mr. Monroe. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd, thank you so much for being here. Like I said, you, you know, being a Carolina fan, it was it was hard. I couldn't pull for you against Carolina, but everybody else you played against, I, I, could, I had no problem pulling for you. You guys, that, the 83 team... And the 87 to 91 teams were some of my favorite teams at state, just because you and Mr. Corciani were there. But, uh, man, uh, what a th thank you, sir. It's it's really, I'm trying not to be a fanboy too much, but man, it's hard. When I told some of these people around here that I was interviewing Rodney Monroe, they were like, are you kidding me? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> just a legend. I, I really appreciate it. So you you grew up in Maryland. Now, growing up, I'm sure you were a basketball fan. Who were your teams you pulled for when you were growing up? Well, growing up in in, in that part of Maryland, uh, I was you know really close to uh, University of Maryland, right? Uh, maybe 45 minutes away, and uh, so Maryland, the University of Maryland was 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 one of the teams that I pulled for, um, and everyone. Loved the Georgetown Hoyas with John Thompson at that time, and that that, that run that they that they had with Patrick Ewing and all those great teams right. that they had. Um, so I kind of I kind of you know then some other teams in the ACC I pulled. I didn't necessarily pull for, but I just I liked watching them play, and that was you know University of North Carolina. Um, obviously, I was a you know I liked some of the players. That played at Carolina. Michael Jordan was a good player that I watched. Um, uh, Phil Ford, I, I, I loved watching him play and, and, and how he controlled the the, the, the tempo of the game. And uh, so it was, you know, there was some, some, some really good players and some really good teams, uh, but didn't really have a favorite team that I really right. pulled for. I just uh, other probably outside of University of Maryland, there was just no other favorites. Okay. So in high school, was basketball the only sports you played, or did you play any other sports? I played uh, baseball in high school as well. Okay. I played uh, uh, baseball up and through up through my uh, sophomore year. Um, at the end of my freshman year, my high school coach, uh, basketball coach, said, hey, listen, that's the <laughs> uh, <laughs> You need to you need to get into basketball gym during baseball season. <laughs> so he only really had to tell me that once. So what he was really telling me is that 
my future was going to be in basketball, not baseball. So uh, he wanted me to concentrate a little bit more on on, on being in the gym instead of out on the field. Right. So and I think it worked. Oh yeah, it worked. Yeah, it worked. Was that when you knew basketball was what was going to take you to the next level? Well, you know, growing up, growing up in 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 the city where I grew up, uh, basically we played every sport. You know, whatever season was, that's the sport we played: it was yeah. football, basketball, baseball. Um, so I, I kind of played all three, and then when I when I went to high school, that's when I kind of just specialized in basketball and, and gave up baseball. But growing up, it was all basketball for me. I mean, I, I just knew that I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Uh, one of my favorite players back then, professional players, was uh, Julius Irving, Dr. J. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and just loved to watch Julius Irving play. I used to watch their games. And then uh, I'd try to go out on the on the uh, on the blacktop in in our, in our neighborhood park and try to emulate those moves I just saw Julius Irvin perform. <laughs> I didn't, didn't quite work well, you know. It was a little different. I was I was really small and was not going to be as as, as big as Julius Irvin, six, six six seven with the with the hands of that man. That man had some huge huge hands. Yeah. You know he. Basketball looks like a little, a little tennis ball in his hand, and um, but that that didn't deter me from trying. Right, right. So what what was the the best game or your favorite game you played in high school? If you could go back and and say that was the best game I played. Well, I don't know, man. It was you know um, my freshman year. I had my freshman year. Uh, I got my first letter from uh, my first letter came from Division One school, University of Clemson. Right, and that was that was my freshman year, and in high school because they went to Washington. And um, you know, we ended up playing. We played against a team from from the Washington D.C. area, and they had a they had a guard going to uh, Clemson. He had just signed to go to Clemson, and his name was uh, Grayson Marshall, <laughs> and. Uh, Grayson Marshall was a really good basketball player. Uh, went on to went on to be a good player at Clemson. But I really had a really I had a super good game against Grayson Marshall and, and that team. And uh, I think Cliff Ellis just happened to be in the in the in the stands. And I had a 30, 30 points thirty plus points in that game. So that was that was a good game, and I remember that game well. And um, you know, over the years we won. You know, we won. Three championships. We won three championships. We won, you know, the city championship, the, the, the conference championship. You know, we won pretty much everything. Um, so those games were, were, were pretty memorable. Um, you know, especially one of the games we, we, we beat. Uh, I don't know if your listeners will be familiar with, but we played one of the great high school teams and beat them in the in the championship games. Um, Dunbar. Dunbar, had, yes, yes. They had guys like Muggsy Bogues and and uh, well, David Wingate. And they, I mean, they had Reggie Williams, Reggie, Williams. And Reggie Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, so these guys were, um, 
it was an awesome program and to, to win in a, in a state tournament game, championship game against them was great. Um, one of those, that, that's my senior year, we had a uh, buzzer beater for the, for, the, for the championship game as well. Wow. Uh, I think I took a shot from, from the foul line of, of the other, on my side of the court, on the other side of the court. And wow. Made it that won us the championship. So there was, there was quite a few games that, that, that were very special to me. Now, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but uh, about an hour ago, I just got through interviewing Grayson Marshall, and he he, oh, mentioned, yeah. he mentioned you and said he was supposed to come to Clemson. And you said, but you to make sure make sure I told you hello. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny yeah, you I mentioned him. You're right. I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe you just talked to him. I did. And <laughs> less than an hour ago, I was on the phone with him, and he messaged me to tell me how much he, he enjoyed the interview. And uh, when I told him, I said, well, I'm getting ready to interview Rodney Monroe with just a few minutes. He said, tell him that I said hello, and he was supposed to come to Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was really good guy. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Like I said, I'm an old-school ACC basketball fan and enjoy talking to anybody from this area. But what other schools, of course, the NC State was in the midst, what other schools besides the NC State were calling. You said you got your first letter from Clemson when you were a freshman. I'm sure there were plenty of schools that that were trying to get you to come there. Yeah, by you by the time I my senior year, um, my senior year I was some some publications I was ranked the third best player in the in the United States. Um, you know they had Marcus Liberty, yeah, out of Chicago, in the sky. Um, who we actually did a Scott. We actually grew up together. Um, he grew up in between Maryland and Virginia. Um, his dad, his dad and mom, they grew up in Maryland where I'm from, and then his mom moved to Virginia. So we kind of grew up together. So some of the publications back then would uh, have me ranked third behind those two guys. So um, when you get ranked, it's pretty. That that high, uh, pretty much every school in the country right. is sending you letters and <laughs> sending you phone calls, and so I, I was pretty, I was pretty heavily recruited um, by just about every school that I can think of or can remember. Um, I, I I was for sure I wanted to play in the ACC, um, but the last five schools, you know, you can only take five official visits that that the schools will pay for, and those last. I kind of, I kind of chose three in the ACC, one in the Big East, and uh, one in the Metro at the time. And those three schools were the ACC schools: the University of Maryland, of course, uh, Wake Forest, um, and uh, North, NC State. And then the the Big East school was Providence with Rick Pitino. Right. I just my mom. You know, my mom loved the, uh, the assistant coach, Stewart. Okay. Assistant coach for Providence. And um, she wanted me to take a visit to Providence. It was a small school, and um, she, she liked that school. And then also took a visit to Virginia Tech when they were in the Metro Conference. That's when um, uh, Dale Carey was there. He was, he was like a senior there. And uh, so... 
But, uh, but the three schools that were at the top of my list were those three ACC schools, for sure. Okay. Well, what what was the deciding factor that made you pick NC State? Well, it got down between NC State and University of Maryland, and uh, I, I think I was really leaning to towards the, the University of Maryland. Um, uh, Lefty Drizel, I loved the way he, he recruited. He was funny. He was he was uh, enthusiastic. Not saying none of the older coaches were, but uh, you know, Lefty was. I was right in his backyard, so he was he was just about every game high school game that or one of his staff members just about every one of my high school games that, that they weren't the University of Maryland wasn't playing um, you know phone calls every night so they, they, they recruited me very well but but by the time I was to make my decision what school was going to that's when Lynn Bias died oh, and yeah. uh, they made left Drizel resign so when they left they made him resign uh I chose NC State. Okay. Well, what was your first impressions when you got got on campus? Well, I actually, uh, you know, since I was getting recruited really heavily, uh, I actually uh, committed early. I committed before I committed before the season of my senior year, because um, so I wanted to get it over with, and and all the phone calls were stopped and everything. So, um, I actually had a chance. You know, I went for a visit, so I saw the, I was there for a visit. Um, and then I also had another chance to actually practice in the facility um, because I was, my high school team actually played in a high school tournament. Uh, that I think it was Inlow, Inlow High School Tournament right. in Raleigh. Uh, so my senior year. So I got a chance to, uh, we got a chance to come down and play in that tournament and then, go over to NC State and have a practice. So um had a couple of chances to see the school and the campus and uh, meet with the players and the coaching staff and all that good stuff. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I loved it. So that's, that was the reason for the decision. Well, you got to ask you this. Can't, can't not ask. What was it like playing for Coach Valvano? Well, Valvano, you know, he, he – Really, really, you know, I, I, I said Lefty Drizel was very, very, <laughs> recruited me very well, but so did Coach Bavano. And um, very enthusiastic, very, you know, lots of energy. He comes in and he kind of just, you know, comes into my home and on a visit and talks to my parents and myself, and he just kind of made himself feel at home. I mean, he was... <laughs> He didn't even sit in the chair. He sat in the he sat in the stairway on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and just talking and uh, just made it up at home, and uh, um, and that 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 played a great part in my decision because um, it, he was someone I felt that I could really be at ease with, and um, someone I really felt that I could play for. Now, now you get so, to, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Um, so after I decide to go there and, and, and I show up on campus, um, you know, once we started practicing, um, you know, I, the guy is very knowledgeable, very, very good X and O's guy. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I agree. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about him, they just talk about his, his recruiting ability or his, 
his passionate, his love that he showed for the game. But I, he, another side of it is his, his, his X's and O's. I mean, he did a great job of game planning and, and, um, so I, you know, I really enjoyed that part of it. And, um, I think it was about my sophomore year, um, when I started starting for, for Coach B and NC State is, is, uh, really, I really just really took off for me because I, I, I averaged 11 points my freshman year, 11 points a game, and I went to 21 points my second year. Yeah. Uh, sophomore. So that sophomore year, Coach B just said, you know, he just gave me the green light. You shoot it. If you have it, you shoot it. You're open, you shoot it. So it's just, it's, it's hard not to, to like playing for a coach that gives you the green light unless you shoot. Right. And, you know, he has that confidence in you, just that confidence and that confidence in your ability to, to uh, put the ball in the basket. So what you get another member of your freshman class, uh, of course, the legendary fire and ice, but what was it like the first time you met Chris Corciani? Well, I've seen Chris, uh, I had seen Chris in high school, um, in some high school, you know, some summer camps and some, you know, five-star camps and the Nike All-American camp and those types of things. So I had an opportunity to, to, to meet him then and play play against him then. And, uh, you know, I, 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 at the time, at the time we were playing at these camps, I didn't know that we would be playing together because right. I, was a, I was a high school point guard as well. I played both positions. I was a combo guard. So in high school, I was, I was an All-American point guard. <laughs> So, um, so when I when I you know Chris had signed, and there was a lot of schools like North Carolina, University of North Carolina was recruiting me as a as a point guard. They wanted me to play point guard and pass the ball to, to um, Jeff Lebo. Jeff Lebo was the, was the, they were saying Jeff Lebo is their shooter, and they want somebody to come in and pass the ball to him. And I said I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so. So at NC State, you know, NC State was one of the one of the Coach B was one of the coaches at one of the schools that said, "Hey, you can play shooting guard. You can play the position you want to play." We we, we signed a we're going to sign a point guard and Chris Corciani, and I remembered him from uh, some of the camps that we went through that we went to and played against each other, and I I knew he was a he was a pass, even though he scored a lot of points in high school. But I, the way I see him play in those camps, I knew he was a pass-first player. He was a pass-first guard. Um, he could get his teammates involved in. He would, you know, try to score if he had to. So, um, I, you know, when I once I signed, Chris, I think Chris remembered me as playing point guard. So he he went to Coach B and said he he's leaving already. <laughs> <laughs> he told me this story. He told me this story. Yeah, yeah. So. And Coach V and the coaching staff had to call him and say, "No, Rodney's coming in to play shooting guard. So you guys are going to be, <laughs> you guys going to work well together." So, um, so that's yeah, that's that's how that went. Yeah, in our career, he he told me there was some, uh, there was some. He, he he was like, "You got two point guards there," and he's like, "I I don't know how this is going to work." And we didn't know at the time that we well he he didn't know at the time that you were going to be a shooting guard. He thought he was competing. Yes. He thought he was competing with you for point guard. And he was uh 
he was a little upset about that at first, but uh, he quickly got over that. And man, uh, what a legendary combo that turned out to be for NC State. What was it like though? And I know you've you've played in so many high-profile games in, in high school championship games. But what was the feeling like when you came out for the first time in a regular season game at Reynolds with that crowd? Oh, the crowd was great. Um, you know, you get a little bit. Of, you get a little bit of it in the preseason games, and you know the the red and white games that you play. You know, you play the inner squad, inner squad scrimmages, and the building's full, so you get a little bit of it. And then, you know, that regular season starts, and you know that, that those fans are rocking Reynolds Coliseum, and um, it's. Reynolds was is legendary, man. Reynolds was yes. just a, a great a great place to play, and the fans were unbelievable. The fans were fantastic, and um, uh, I, I think they really gave us an edge when we when we played at Reynolds. That, so it was it was great. It was great to play play there, and, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it, this, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I've talked to some other state guys I've interviewed. Uh, and I know in this day and time they've got to go to bigger places to get to get the uh, butts in the seat, sell tickets. But do you feel like they've given up kind of a, a home court advantage by moving to a bigger place instead of staying at Reynolds? I just remember how hot it used to get in that place. Uh, I used to love the noise meter, and, and it just seemed like they they gave up such a, a big home court advantage. By, by getting out of Reynolds. And like I said, I understand you got to go to a bigger complex, but, you know, I just think it was it's, it was a shame that, that they left out of Reynolds. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Uh, it. It did take away a little bit of the, the home court advantage when you moved to the, to the bigger arena. Um, but, you know, we all know that it's, it's, it's all about, it's all about the, the, the money, the yeah. dollar, trying to put more, butt, more butts in the seat. Yeah, uh, but I think Planet Reynolds and and with the with the with the with our home fans so close to the the visiting team's bench was was a great advantage for us. And yeah. uh, um, I mean, it, it seems like those people where those fans were able to scream and holler in the ears of all those players and be real, really close to them and. Um, you you can't tell me that you know that doesn't help. That doesn't help the home. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I I I I played four years at Duke and uh, against Duke at Duke and those those fans. I I love playing against Duke at Duke, but I can tell you those fans really help those players. Oh really yeah, helps, really helps home court advantage. Well, uh, how crazy. How crazy did the crowd get? Because back then, the Carolina State rivalry was pretty big. But how crazy did that crowd get when Carolina came to Reynolds? Well, you know, I, I that was a big game for us uh, back then. Uh, that was a big time robbery. Um, I just tell you that, you know, a couple of days before the game, um, you know, you, you'd have you'd have three, four, five thousand students. Uh, camping out for tickets. Yeah. You know, they would camp out. They would have their tents and blankets, and they'd be camping out in front of Reynolds, outside on the pavement in front of Reynolds, uh, waiting for the ticket office to, to give out their tickets. 
Yeah. Um, that's how big that robbery was. You know, people would just actually, you know, skip class and 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 and, and tap out waiting for tickets. And um, and you know, Coach V, when they would do that, Coach V would always show them love, and he he go by and go buy pizzas for 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 the host for the whole crowd out there and pizzas and uh that was another reason why you know the fans really they really love coach v as well yeah and it's you know i just remember and talking to i interviewed chucky brown last year and he he made the comment and i i agree with him that the reynolds crowd probably talked to cameron cameron crazies a few things that they learned before before they became the cameron crazies <laughs> Yeah, that may be true. That may be true. Yeah, you know, but talk about that competition because there was not, you know, especially back then, there was not an easy night for any team in the ACC when you played back then because, I mean, you got the Georgia Techs, you got the Wake Forest, you got the Maryland, uh, Virginia. Everybody had good teams. You know, talking about Duke and Carolina as well. Everybody had such great teams and so much talent in the ACC back then. What was it like playing that competition night after night? Well, yeah, that's that's you know that's one of the reasons why I I wanted to play in the ACC because of that competition and and um, you know you had all the the great coaches there as well and you also had the you know you know the AC many of the ACC games are going to be on televised right you know that was another reason. And um, so that competition was 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 awesome. I mean, you you can pick any any team at any 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 day or any night, and you're going to have a battle. Uh, there were there were no easy games. No. Um, even when I first got there, Wake Forest was 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 kind of at the bottom. Of, you know, we only had eight teams back then, right. and they were kind of at the bottom, but. You still got had to go out and play against them. Yeah, they they started they started getting Roddy Rogers and and players like that in that, yeah. that turned that program around. And um, so, I mean, it was it was it was all that I hoped for and more. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you get you actually your freshman year, you guys end up sweeping Duke. What was it like getting a win over that Cameron? How crazy was that? Well, you know the the mystique about Duke and Cameron is that you know they're they're very defense, they were known for their defense. You know they would slap the floor and get down low and 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 um, and uh, the crowd would get behind them and start going crazy. And uh, so one of the things Coach B would say to us, which I really loved, is just you know he would say, "Just wait." We're gonna go out and just play. We're just gonna go out and play ball tonight. We're, you know, we're not gonna be running very many plays. We're gonna play like a street ball game, <laughs> and uh, he just kind of went out and just let us play. And because we can, we all we had talented players that could play in that type that type of style of ball. We were always we were pretty successful against Duke at that time, and um, you know, because they were they were known to be a really good defensive team, but we we knew they were. We knew they were uh, a good defensive team uh, by committee, you know. But individually, we, we knew that we could, Coach B knew that we could take them off the dribble or we can get our own shot, you know. 
one against one. So we kind of spread the offense, and 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 we he would allow us to take these guys one on one, so they 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 wouldn't be able to help that help defense. Right. And uh, we were very successful there. Very successful. Yeah, and then you know, uh, talk about the first ACC tournament. I know, you, like you said, you talked about playing such big high profile games and. In high school, what was it like going to your first ACC tournament at Greensboro? Well, I mean, it was it was it was great. It was uh, it was something that um, you know I always watched the ACC tournament on TV. You know, <laughs> when I high school and, and middle school, and so I watched it on TV. But I uh, to actually experience it as a player is just it's just unbelievable. Um, you know, you, you, you go out and it's, it's, you, you see all the different colors from, from all the different teams, all of the fans supporting their colors and their, and, you know, you got Duke fans and Carolina fans and state fans and you got all these, all these teams and all these schools in one building, the fans are in one building. It's just, it's just. You know, if, if if you never people have never experienced it, it's, it's just hard to explain it. But um, it is it is a basketball. Um, if you love basketball, that's the type of atmosphere you want to be. Right. And uh, it was that. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. And then getting to the NCAA tournament, I can't imagine the atmosphere for that. That had to be taking it up even more of a notch there with the NCAA tournament. It's just. Uh, very, very much missed. At least here this year, I, I, I've missed March Madness this year. For by by, yes. it's been crazy. It's just been crazy. So, but you know the difference. The difference between the ACC tournament and the, the NCAA tournament generally, um, generally, unless you're a higher seed, you're going to be shipped away from your from your town, or your city, or your school. You know your area. So. Um, so you you know you you really don't get as many fans as you would at ACC tournament. You know, right. ACC tournament in Greensboro or Charlotte or Atlanta or something. You know, you you can get a lot more of your fan your fan base to travel with you, as opposed to I can remember one year we went all the way out to uh, an NCAA tournament. We went to Nebraska. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, and so. I'm pretty sure we had we had we had a good amount of fans there, but it wasn't wasn't nowhere near if it, you know if we were playing locally at a, you know one of the ACC tournaments. But again, yeah, it's it's you know it's just something that as as a high school kid or a middle school kid you you dream about playing an NCAA tournament, and uh, again when that happens, it's just you know it's just another check mark, a check that you can check off your. Up your box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now talk about one of your teammates uh, that that graduated that year. Talk about what it was like to play with uh, Vinny Del Negro, who went on to have have a great NBA career. Uh, of course, got into coaching. But what was it like playing with Vinny Del Negro? You know, Vinny. Uh, Vinny was just a really really good player. And um, I think he he was a little underrated yeah. as a player. Um, he was a player that, you know, he could play both positions. He played a little bit of point guard. You know, he also played shooting guard position. 
and um, you know his size is six five, six six. He had great size, great length, and um, you know he was he was one of the leaders of our team. I mean, he was he was one of the captains, and um, you know when when I when I came in as a freshman, you know obviously obviously I play against Vinny. I'd play against Vinny every day in practice, you know, because we both played the same position. So, you know, we'd have to guard each other. Um, but I, you know, you quickly, you quickly realize that, you know, with, with his size and length and his ability to play uh, both guard positions, you, you quickly realize that he's a, he's a really good basketball player. And there's a reason why that um, not only was he, the, was he a, our team leader, but he was, I think he was an ACC selection. You know, he's ACC first team, second team, whatever he, right. whatever he was. But, um, but really good basketball player. Yeah, high high IQ, high IQ player. Yep. So you go into your sophomore year. You guys go twenty two and nine. Like you said, you stepped up from eleven points a game to twenty one point four points a game. Did you feel like? And I know you said Coach Val Vanner gave you the green light. Did you feel like with with Del Negro gone and some of the other guys gone, that you had to take a bigger role in the offense now? Well, it, it was, you know, it was something that um, I, I thought I thought I could have done it last, the first year. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's the confidence I had in my myself, my ability. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I scored three, 3, 000, over 3,000 points. You know, I came out as the all-time leading scorer in, in, in the history, in, in the state of Maryland in high school basketball. Um, so I know I knew I could score the basketball. And um, in fact, my freshman year, Coach V had—I don't know—he had, he probably met with me four or five times over the course of the year, just making sure because he didn't start me. I was a six-man, right? And he just making sure that I was okay. I wasn't thinking about leaving. I was, I was happy, <laughs> and I just assured him. You know, I, 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 sure, I, I, I assured him that yeah, I was fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, rather, I would like to start, but I'm, I'm all for the team. If you think it's better for me coming off the bench, then I'm, I'm all for that. So, um, I just, you know, I felt that I, I could have, I could have scored a lot more points in my first year. You know, if I would have gotten. A little bit more minutes, you know. Um, but the second year is, yeah, Benny Dalmigo was gone. He was our team leader, our, our leading in scoring. And, and, and um, uh, Charles Shackford, he decided to leave as well. Right. And he was, he was, he was the second leading scorer. I was the third leading scorer <laughs> that first my freshman year. Yeah. And so he left as well. So it, it left a big hole in the with all the points and. It wasn't something that Coach B said, we need 20 points from you. He never said that, but he never had to. All he had to do was give me the minutes, and I, I just felt that I that was something I would be able to do for for our team. Definitely. And, and, you, and you did definitely did that. Uh, talk a little bit about some of your teammates here. And one guy, two guys that I really don't think get a lot of credit for the contributions they made. Uh, they don't get mentioned a lot, but they they definitely contributed. One of them being Brian Howard, and and then of course the other being the late, which you know in the past year 
who passed away, Kelsey Weems. Talk a little bit about what it was like playing with Brian Howard and Kelsey Weems. Well, Brian Howard was, uh, you know, he was a really, he was a really, first of all, man, said Brian Howard's the glue. That's what he used to call Brian Howard, the glue to our team. And um, that's why he, he really he had a difficult time deciding to start me because he was going to take Brian Howard out of the lineup. <laughs> but Brian Howard, he did so many great things on our basketball team, or so many good things. You know, he 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 was probably our best defensive player. Um, you know, he, he had great things. He was six foot seven. He could play shooting guard, small forward, power forward. Uh, he was very very agile. He could play, you know, several positions, offensively and defensively. Um, so that was that was the reason why Coach B kept him in the lineup. So. Brian was, uh, I, you know, I never thought Brian was like a a great player. Uh, let me let me rephrase it. I never thought Brian did any one thing great, but I thought he did a lot of things really good. Right, <laughs> and he was a really good uh, catch and shoot shooter. I mean, you know, he he, he had three point range, but he could also, I mean, mid range. I've never seen. I've probably never seen Brian Howard miss a twelve foot shot or a fifteen foot shot. Um, over the years that we played together, I mean, it just you knew if he was twelve to fifteen feet, it was going in. Right. And um, uh, you know, he always had to guard. He would always guard the the, the best offensive player on the other team. You know, so um, NBA. I think in the beginning, you know, he didn't get drafted in the NBA, but over the years, I think NBA teams finally noticed, you know, what what type of a player he could play, and that's why he was able to get a few years in the NBA as well. Because right. they, they realized, that, hey, here's, here's a guy who, who he can do a lot of things good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kelsey Williams, Kelsey Williams just... Uh, Kelsey Williams gave us a, a, a different a different level at the point guard position. Um, you know, Chris Chris was uh, not as quick as Kelsey. Um, wasn't the athlete wasn't very wasn't the athlete that Kelsey Williams was. I mean, Kelsey was Kelsey was really super super athletic. Yeah. I mean, he was only six nine, but can jump off the gym, can dunk it any way uh, that he wanted. Really fast, you know, pressured, pressured, the pressure the point guards on the other team. Um, just, just when he came in, uh, just the tempo change. I mean, you know, when Kelsey was coming in the game, we, the tempo was going to pick up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's just the way he played. He was like a, he was like one speed. I mean, just one speed that was fast. Um, and that was the difference between him and Chris. Chris. Chris wasn't as athletic or as fast, uh, but Chris was a better shooter, and 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 and, um, and and Chris was able to get get uh, people, get his teammates more involved, I, I believe. Right. Um, so Kelsey gave us a Kelsey gave us he was very valuable to our team. So he you know he gave us a different level when he came into the game. I mean, just a different different he brought a different. 
uh, dimension to the game when he came in. Right. And, so, and then I want to talk about you guys played a home and away series your sophomore and your junior junior year against UNLV. Now, these were the great UNLV teams. The first year, they didn't have Larry Johnson, but they had Stacey Alvin, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt. Well, what was it like playing that those two years again? I mean, the next year, you guys played them your junior year. It was they were the national champions that year, and they had Larry Johnson. What was it like playing those UNLV teams? Because you guys hung with them. Uh, it came close. It came closer your your junior year to beating those guys when they won the national championship that year. Yeah, I mean, what some what some great teams they they had. Um, they had some. They had some really good basketball players and, and a really good coach over there, and Jerry Tarkanian. And um, yeah, we 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 had a couple of coast games with them. They kind of it seems like, as I can remember, uh, the games were pretty close until like the last five or six minutes. Right. Both of the games that we played them, uh, and they kind of pulled away. But um, hey, they had some tremendous athletes. I mean. Um, Greg Anthony was there and, and, and was a great point guard, and you know his history after after UNLV and yeah. Stacey Ogman. I actually played with Stacey Ogman with the Atlanta Hawks. Right. We played the one year there. Um, a really good defensive player. Um, I played against one of their. I played with one of the one of the UNLV UNLV players in Europe. And that was George Ackles. Right. George was uh, six six foot ten, six foot eleven. We played together on the same team. Um, so there were some really good basketball players, and really, they, they all all of them seemed to be really super super athletic. And uh, they, they, you know, they got up and down the court. They definitely they, did they, that. They, yeah, they <laughs> like to get in transition, and and, um, and then they also could to slow slow it down. You know, when you got Larry Johnson in there posting up. Uh, <laughs> They could slow it down and throw the ball, punch the ball into him as well, and and and, and he was able to get some some buckets on the inside. So that that just made him that just made him a very uh, very good basketball team. Yeah. Then you guys go on an NCAA tournament run, include one of one game that doesn't get talked about a lot. It is a classic. I remember watching it. A classic NCAA tournament game. The second round against Iowa, double overtime win over Iowa. Uh, man, that's just one of those March Madness cla- classic games to me, at least. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. What, what was your feel like after that Iowa game? Well, you know the the the, the Iowa game was was, um, was a really good game. Um, you know, several several times during that game, we should have lost that game. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, they were, you know, they were, they were a pressing team. And that was a team when they they would press from they would press you for forty minutes, and they would you know full court press you. And so one of the things when I was you had to work on, you had to prepare for them is is how to break their press, how to break their pressure. And uh, so you spend you spend a lot of time worried about how to break their pressure. Um, then that leaves you less time of of working on the things that you normally work on in practice, you know, preparing for a team. So uh, that was one of the first things we had to work on is, is how we break that pressure. And, and uh, we ended up doing a really good job um, of handling that pressure throughout the game. 
and staying close. You know, we, we, we always just wanted to stay close to any team, to any good, any good basketball team, just stay close and try to win it at the end and try to win it in the last minute or last two minutes of the game. And, uh, and that's what we did. We, you know, they would, they'd go up a few points and, you know, we, we'd cut the lead back and tie it up. And so it went back and forth a little bit, but, um, we just able, we were just able to hit some big shots, get some good defensive stops coming down the stretch, and, uh, we're able to, you know, we were able to pull that game out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Then your junior year, you guys go 18 and 12. But you start off getting big quality wins over number 15 St. John's and number 18 Pittsburgh. Then you go up against the Georgia Tech team. And one of my, like I said, I've got, I'm a Carolina fan, but ACC basketball, is, is I love it. One of my favorite, favorite non-Carolina teams is the Georgia Tech team from that year. The Lethal Weapon 3, Dennis Scott, Kenny Anderson, uh, what was it like playing against those guys? Because they really had it on that year. Yeah, uh, that third guy of that team was Brian Oliver. Brian Oliver, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was tough. It was tough uh, preparing for those guys. Because uh, they had they had three really good guards, and then they had, you know, their big guys. I think they had Malcolm Mackey, and yeah. I can't remember the other big guy they had. Um, but... Those three guards were, were tough. Uh, you know, you, first of all, you're talking about Kenny Anderson, who who <laughs> who came in and just really, I mean, he, he lit up college basketball. Not only the ACC, but college basketball. I mean, he came in and 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 then just just did a fantastic job. And um, and then you you know you you, you pair him with Dennis Scott, who who, who was <laughs> One of the best shooters in the country uh, from deep range. I mean, Dennis Scott, you had to guard him three or four feet beyond the three-point line. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he was going to put, he had he had enough strength and enough power to shoot that far back. You know, he was he was shooting NBA range three-pointers while he was in college. <laughs> so <laughs> He definitely he really, did. He really had, yeah. He really had that that strength to do that, and um, he he was one that you couldn't leave open. Uh, and then by, uh, Brian Oliver was the the third piece to that puzzle, and and he was just an overall good basketball player. He was a really good defensive player, uh, worked hard, wasn't uh, wasn't the athlete that the other two the other two guys were, but I mean he still had a lot of success in the ACC. Yeah, and to play against three guys just—it uh, uh, was—it was tough playing against those guys, man. Because you know, uh, again, you got to stay home with Dennis Scott. You can't help off of him, and then you got to try to stay in front of Kenny Anderson because he was so quick with the ball and wizard with the basketball. Um, so it was—it was difficult. It was difficult. Yeah, that—that that was my senior year in high school, and. Uh, I think our coach hated the fact that we watched Dennis Scott shoot those deep threes because in practice we we were sitting there trying those deep threes. And we said, well, if we shoot it long enough, maybe we'll be able to hit it, you know, practice long enough at it, we'll be able to hit it. He was like, that's the worst thing in the world. You guys watch Dennis Scott over the weekend. You're trying to take these deep threes like that. 
<laughs> yeah, not many people could pull that off like he did. But you guys go over. i got to ask you about this. Beating Carolina at the Smith Center. What what was that like? I mean, I know that had to be uh, uh, a big thrill for you guys. Anytime you beat Carolina, much less beat them at the Smith Center. What was that like for you guys? Well, you know, it was, uh, it was like I said, like we said earlier, that it was it was a big robbery back then, and uh, so any chance you you get to play against Carolina, whether it's at in Reynolds or the Smith Center, you you got to try to put your best your best forward, your best foot forward. All right. That's all we that's all we tried to do. I mean, uh, if they would come over and beat us at state, then we got to go back and we got to try to beat them at at the Smith Center. Um, so, um, we know those games are going to be, you know, sold out. The gym is going to be sold out. We know, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands going to be watching on TV around around the Carolinas. So, hey, if you can't get up for a game like that, I don't know what something's wrong with you. Exactly. So, you're really super, super motivated to, to win, especially that game. Especially that game, and to, to win at the Smith Center was 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 a tremendous feat for us. Yeah, and this eighteen and twelve record, though, I got to talk about this because this is not—it uh, it doesn't show how good you guys were that year. Because it was just a fact that you lost so many close games that year. I mean, you lose to Duke in overtime by three at Cameron. Uh, the last three games of the year, you lose by a total of nine points. Uh, a loss to Georgia Tech by three points. So, I mean, you very easily, one way, by a, a call here or, or something, a, a basket here, you guys could have been, easily have been 24-6 and six or, or even even better than that. But it was so many close games you lost that year. Yeah, well, you know, that, that was that year, that junior year, that was a trying year right Very, there. so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that with everything was going on around our program, um, I'm surprised we won 18 games. Right. <laughs> it's a pretty, you know. But that's a testament to you guys right there, how, how, how well you did despite all that was going on around you. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, yeah, you're right. We, 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 I, I think we're, really, we're a really good team, and we lost a lot of close games. But I, I think uh, under normal circumstances, you know, those close games, especially at the end of the season. At right. the end of the season, you know, we, I think we were worn out mentally more so than physically. And um, with, with everything going on, the media following us around and all this stuff and all on campus. And um, so, um, you know, under normal circumstances, I think we could have pulled out another four or five games, right. you know, to that record. Definitely. I think so, too. Uh Talk about another one of your teammates, a guy that started off kind of slow, but he he quickly, quickly became such a great bas- bas- basketball player, one of the legends at NC State, Tom Gugliotta. Well, Googs, uh, Googs came in, he was, as a freshman, he was about 6'6", six, six, about 175, <laughs> 175 pounds. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, very thin, um, like a deer in the headlights, you know. And uh, But the guy worked so hard, you know. 
he he when he came in as a freshman, I would have never ever ever bet that he would have left the player that he you know that he was in his senior year, right? Getting drafted, so um, except for the fact that he worked so hard, you know, I I I saw him in the weight room working, you know, I'd see him in the gym getting extra shots up, you know, I. I'd see him, uh, uh, the guy put on, you know, every year he was putting on pounds. He was putting on weight, you know, getting stronger. So uh, to see him go from, you know, a 6'6", six, 6'6", six, 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 100 and, I don't know, 80 pounds to, you know, the 6'10", and whatever he weighed was a senior was just, just unbelievable. And, um, but that's just, that's just the type of work ethic that he had, and uh, he made himself into a good basketball player. I mean, he made himself into a lottery pick, and um, you don't see a lot of people able to do that. No, you don't. And, um, uh, you know, he really put the work in to do that. So, senior year comes around, Coach Valvano leaves. What, what was your feelings like when you heard Coach V was leaving? Well, I, it was a decision. The decision I made, I wasn't going to transfer. The decision I was going to make was between going to the NBA or staying for my senior year. Right. And uh, that was that was my decision. I know Chris was thinking about uh, transferring to another school, um, but you know, my my our junior year, Chris and I, Chris and I played for. Uh, I don't know if he told you this in, in, in his interview, but we played for the, the qualifying Olympic team. Oh no, he didn't say anything about that. Yeah, so we played. We went to Mexico with the American with the with the American team. It was uh, some really good basketball players on there. It was Chris and myself and Christian Leitner, um, Lionel Simmons. Oh yeah, the who was a high uh, Gary Payton. Uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think of a couple other. Um, uh, Bobby Crimmins was the head coach. Right. And Les Robinson was the assistant coach of that team. Okay. So, so getting a chance to, getting a chance to really uh, know Les over that, over that period of time during that, that Olympic that Olympic qualifying tournament. Um, <clears throat> you able to see what kind of what kind of coach he'd be, what kind of guy he is. Uh, he was funny. He was he told a lot of told a lot of jokes, a lot of funny stories. Um, and you know, then once he got the job at for NC State, um, he just you know we had a meeting. We had a meeting with him. And he just said, "Hey, God, you know." talking to Chris and myself and he was just saying, Hey, I'm you know, I'm not coming in to to, to change the way you play. I'm gonna to continue to let you guys play the way you've been playing and it's your team and um you're gonna have freedom to do do what you've been doing. So hearing that hearing that, uh, I decided to stay at N C State and um, he was right. He let us he let us play um, open and freely and, and and let us do what we were able, our talent would allow us to do. And we had, we both had uh, great senior years. Yeah, you, you, you up to 27 points a game your senior year. You guys open up 
Four out of the first five games, you score over 100 points, 135 in one game. And this Mount St. Mary's game, I don't know if you remember this game or not, 114 to 104 against Mount St. Mary's uh, at Reynolds. Uh, and then 99 against North Carolina Asheville. You guys definitely put up the numbers. Uh, talk a little bit about those Duke teams. You talked you talked about being a teammate with Leitner at, at the uh, Olympic or the U.S. Uh, trials. Talk a little bit about those teams like Grant Hill, Leitner, and Hurley when they, they were starting to catch fire. What was it like playing against those guys? Oh, it was very, very competitive. Very competitive. Um, those teams are those teams are some, some really good basketball teams, and obviously they had a, a really good coach and a coaching staff over there. And um, you know, <clears throat> those are those are games that uh, you you don't have a problem getting motivated to play those games as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so but. You know, some of some of some of my greatest challenges was, was playing against Duke because uh, Grand Hill. Grand, Grand Hill, Hill, wow, Grand Hill. yeah. <laughs> in Grand Hill, I'm six three, and Grand Hill six eight. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I could figure out. You know, I, I still had some some good games against against them when he was there. You know, I. I I think I still had a couple of thirty point games or high twenty point games when when he was there, but those games were pretty challenging because of his athleticism and his length. And um, you know, for some 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 players that I you know, I could figure out I could figure out ways to score them, you know, if 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 he was bigger and slower I could, you know, take him off the dribble. Or if he or if the guy was, was it's quicker. I, I can go down. I like to post up smaller guards. So if a guy was smaller, I can go down and post up. And uh, with him, uh, I had to be a little bit more. I had to go into my bag of tricks a little bit more <laughs> to score against him because <laughs> he, he was he was all of those things. I mean, he was athletic. He was big. He was long, and uh, he made me work. So those were those were some, some good some good games. Some nice yeah. challenges. Um, and, you know, Leitner was, you know, back then nobody really liked him, his personality. That's an understatement there. <laughs> yeah. But you can't take away from the fact that the kid, the guy was a really good basketball player. He could play. Player, he I definitely mean, could play. Yeah. You, you, you might not like him, uh, but if you, if you like to watch basketball, then you want to watch him play because he could play basketball. He could play the game. For sure, and um, you know they they put they, they they came along. They put a couple guys, four, five, six guys together, and they, they all you know started growing together. And that chemistry just that chemistry takes off, and and by the time you know it, these guys are, are, are playing for national championships. So, yeah, um, yeah, those those are some good basketball players over there. Now I have to ask you this. No NCAA tournament this year, which I, I, I've missed so much. But do you think, you, th you talk about these teams and, and you talk about, like you were talking about leaving after your junior year to go to the NBA. You think these one-and-dones one are catching up with the NCAA? Because I think this year there was no dominant NCAA team. Like 
the when you had guys that would stay there three, four years, and these get these teams that would stick together. You had a dominant team. You had some dominant teams that you were like, okay, you can pretty much count on. They're going to be in the Final Four. They're going to be in the Final Four. Yes. And, of course, you had the upsets that came along in March Madness. But this year wasn't like that. This year, I think there was such and – and I think it's got a lot to do with the one and does. And I don't blame the guys for what they're doing. I know you got to make a living, too. But I think the one and does have caught up with it to where this year we had a good chance, really good chance – of a mid-major winning the NCAA championship this year. Yeah, and that, I think that's the difference between uh, a mid-major program and, and, and one of those high D, whether Carolina or Duke or NC State, because uh, you know those those big programs, those one and dones, are it's a reality now. Yeah, you know, I mean it it, it, it happens. It's, it's going to happen unless the rule changes, but it happens and it's yeah. going to continue to happen and. Um, you got a lot of you got you have a lot of young young teams, uh, you know, a lot of one year players, two year players on the court where when you used to have four year players on the court. And and um those mid majors, that's why they do so well in the NCAA tournament because they don't have a lot of one and done. They have four year players and by the time they they're in year three or year four these teams are good. Yeah. And these players have yes, developed. They've got they developed their you know, they've gotten stronger and they've developed their games and, and and now they they have this chemistry going and 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 they and they have the mentality that they can go out and beat anybody. So that's why the these mid majors, you know, do you know, they you see them upset. <laughs> you can see them upset. That's yeah. why the tournament is so great because there could be an upset at any game. No and, doubt. Um, I, you know, as a player, I don't fault these players for leaving at all. No, because no. If, if, if the money's out there and, and, and the teams are giving it, and I mean, that's basically, that's why we go to college anyway, right? Yep, that's right. Go to college to get educated so we can get a good job once we get out of college. So they just, they're just, Experience this, this this process. You know, they're just going these these one and done. They're just getting getting everybody a little faster. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Know. That's right. <laughs> so that's what we do. Oh yeah. Uh, go to college, get educated to 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 get a good job. So uh, that's what they're doing. So, and I have to ask you about this. You see, it was kind of a crazy situation, and I can't remember if it was cause of snow or something like that. You guys play Carolina back to back two days in a row. I don't. I know, I'm sure you remember. Yeah. Uh, on a Wednesday, you played. You played at Reynolds. You guys beat them by six. And then you the Thursday, you go back play at the Smith Center. You guys get beat at Smith Center. How crazy was that situation? Well, that situation was the war. That's when, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so they canceled the game, and then um, I think I think Coach Smith he pulled one on, over on Les Robinson, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because because we only that year we only played like seven players, you know. Right. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. We only played seven players my senior year, seven or eight players, and and to play. 
Carolina, who plays the whole bench just about. <laughs> back-to-back uh, nights. Play them back-to-back, back-to-back nights. You know, it was going to be a challenge for us. So that's why we had to go out and win the first one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it was, it was, you know, that was a game that uh, we knew was going to be, that second game, the second part of the game, we knew it was going to be difficult because we only played, you know, we only played seven or eight players that year. So yeah. um, that, that's why we really had to win that first game. Uh, you, you guys end up winning that first, losing second. But you go on to the NCAA tournament, you lose in the second round to Oklahoma State. What was the feeling like after that loss, knowing what your time at NC State was over? I mean, I'm sure you knew you were going to play in the NBA, but uh, what was it like knowing your career at NC State was over? Well, it was it was it was, uh, it was bittersweet. You know, on one hand, that was the year we thought we at least could make it to the Sweet 16. Right. Um, you know, because we had because. We had Chris and myself, and uh, Tom Gugliotta was coming on, and, you know, we had a couple other pieces. Um, but, you know, so that, it was, it was, it was a little, it was a little bittersweet once we finally lost, because we did think we were going to get a little further in, into the tournament. But, um, but once we lost, you know, it was just like, okay, now you got to repair for the next, the next level. Yeah. Prepare for the next chapter, chapter of my life now. So, um, so that's that's what it was like. But yeah, that senior year, we we we, we most definitely thought we'd go a little further in the in the tournament than get, going out in that second round. All right. So the NBA draft. Have, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just no. You finish that up. Cause I was going to talk about the NBA draft. I if you got something. But state, let's you go ahead and talk about that. Oh no, no. All right. Yes. So the NBA draft comes along. Was there any? What were the teams? Or were the teams contacting you? I know you you end up getting drafted by the Hawks. But what? What? Was there any other teams that were contacted you? Yeah, I had four or five teams, and um, you know my agent was talking to. He talked to four or five different teams, and I took some visits to some. Some, some different teams. Um, yeah, you know, I, I before the draft, you know, a lot of some of the publications are saying that I'd, I'd go as high as number fifteen or number fourteen. Right. Um, so my agent had, you know, had me believing that I'd be somewhere between fifteen and twenty, fifteen and twenty-two, or something like that. And um, so that's what we thought. We thought it'd be somewhere fifteen or twenty-two, and I had visit. You know, Atlanta had like the eleven pick, uh, something like. I didn't think I'd go as high as eleven, but that was one of the teams I visit. Um, Boston had a visit to Celtics, and they had. Uh, I think they they took Rick Fox. And I think right. twenty in the twenties or something. Can't remember. And then another team that I visit. That was in the twenties. Uh, the, the, the Washington Wizards. Um, so I thought for sure I'd just go, go one of those teams. Um, but I, you know, I, I came in the era. I came out in the era where, you know, the standard guard was Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was he was a size he was a size standard. So 
you know, they were looking for six five, six six guards. You know, nobody wanted a a, a, a six three shooting guard, and um, so, and that's what after the draft, you know, after the draft, that's what a lot of that's what a lot of the people were saying. You know, um, if if he happened to be six five, he might have been a lottery pick. Right. <laughs> you know. You know, it's just a shame because, like you said, in this day and time, you you probably would have been a lottery pick in this era. Yes. yes. No doubt about it. Yes. No doubt about it. So you get on the Hawks. What was it like going to a Hawks team that still had, you still had legends like Dominique Wilkins and Kevin Willis? Well, you know, um, first of all, you're, you're, you're very extremely excited to be there because, you know, it's a dream come true, you know, no matter where you drafted. Right. You know, but what you drafted, you still dream of being an NBA, something that you, you, you wanted since you were a little boy. And uh, so it's a dream come true. And and <clears throat> and then once you're over that part of it, you got to go out and play. you got to go out and work. And um, so, you know, watching Dominique, guys like Dominique Wilkins play on TV and, and – um, Watching him go up against Michael Jordan on TV and, and, and Larry Bird and those type of guys and then having the opportunity to actually play on the same team with Dominique Wilkins and then see him again go up against Dominique Wilkins and Larry Bird and those type of guys. And, and um, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible feeling. Um, Dominique Wilkins, um, I mean, the guy can flat out score the basketball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he shot a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe <laughs> he definitely been a little bit selfish, um, but he could score. And you know, I I can remember him playing against um, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Um, if I remember correctly, he every time we played him, he outscored Michael Jordan. He would, you know, he would score 35, 38. Michael Jordan might have 30 or 28, something like that. But, but Jordan had Scotty Pippen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not Jordan too many like Scottie those two. Yeah, and we didn't have that second score on our team, on the Atlanta Hawks team. So, you know, Jordan might get 30, and Dominique Wilkins might get 35, 36, or 40. But Scotty Pippen would have 22, 24. Right. And we just didn't have that guy. Um, we didn't have that second guy that could do that. I mean, you know, I I had the confidence in the, that I could do that. But the coach didn't, so he didn't play me. <laughs> right. Did you, uh, when you played, did you ever get in the middle of any trash talking? No, no, well. Uh, not not too much in NBA, um, <laughs> but you know I you know I had because I, I was a rookie you know I was a yeah. rookie and I was just trying to find my way through and and you know I there was there was a stretch of games where where I, I you know I played combo combo guard some point guard some shooting guard but it was a stretch of games like probably about seven eight games in a row I I would I would um, Play about a half a game, 
and I'd play half a game, and there's a couple games I had, you know, eight points, ten points, twelve points. But again, he just, you know, he our coach was Bob Weiss, uh, yeah. hated playing rookies, and um, he just really didn't give me, you know, any really consistent minutes. So it was kind of play twenty minutes one night, next night don't play at all. You know? Wow, you play play eighteen minutes one night, the next night, the next two games you don't play at all. So it was kind of a rocky season, up and down season uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, and, uh, that's hard for you to get any kind of routine or get any kind of rhythm when he does something like that to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, um, you know, you got to be extremely confident player as well because it's it's very easy to lose your confidence when, oh, yeah. when you get played like that. Yeah. So, so you leave Atlanta, you go play overseas. What was... What was it like? What was the biggest adjustment you had to make to play it overseas? Well, what I, when, you know, the one thing is, is the reason why I went to Europe is because, well, one, I, you know, I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Right. And uh, so I had to have surgery on that for about a year. Um, but the one thing about going to, to Europe and not really trying back go back to the NBA um, and you know, stay here. You know, back then the CBA. I did play in the CBA, but yeah. you know, making it a making a long <clears throat> making a long life, a long career in CBA, and you know, keep trying to make it into NBA is wasn't in the plans for me. And uh, so, you know, once I got to Europe, it was just a thing of. Wow, Madam, you know, I'm I'm kind of one of the one of the one of the main guys on the team again. You know, right. I'm I'm kind of I'm playing just about the whole game, and I'm able to shoot, and I'm able to score, and I'm able just to play freely to do um, what you do and do what you do. Yeah, yeah. and you and you and you have that love for the game, that love for the game, just you know, just overflowing because you're 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 doing the thing that you love, and for so long you you could do it because. There was a coach who said, sit down over here next to me. So uh, it was just great getting back to play again. And uh, I, and I enjoyed it. And so that's why I, I, I just pretty much made a career in Europe instead of, you know, really trying to come back to the NBA and, and, and getting back into that. So that process. So yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, got, got married, had kids. All my my kids were born over there. The three boys, they were born over there in Europe, and um, my wife traveled with me. So she, so we, you know, we made it life. We made it life over there. So it was great. So three boys. We got how many? We got all three basketball players. Yes, three basketball players. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so talk about what you're up to now. Well, now, uh, for the last, um, the last probably 10, 11 years, I've been coaching high school basketball. Wow. And, uh, you know, right now I'm the, you know, I'm the director of basketball at, at the school that I'm at, high school that I'm at. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's basically the athletic director of basketball. Yes, I was at a different school. I was at a different school where I was the athletic director, 
and I chose not to do that when I went to this, this school that I'm at now because, you know, um, you're, if I'm a basketball guy, I just want to be involved with basketball. I don't want to have to worry about cheerleading. I don't want to have to worry about the volleyball and, and, and soccer and, and wrestling, you know, football. I don't want to worry about all those sports. I'm a basketball guy, so let me just take care of basketball. So as a, as a director of basketball, I, I do everything basketball, you know, the scheduling of the games for, for all the teams, you know, the uniforms, ordering uniforms, you know, all, all those type of things that a, that an athletic director would do for, for a basketball program. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of over that, that part of it. And, and just being the varsity coach and, um, it's been great. It's been, you know, once I retired from basketball, I, I, I knew that I want to stay involved yeah. in basketball because that's, that's what my passion is. And, um, so that's what I do. I do, you know, I have basketball camps, I have basketball leagues, um, and I'm, and I'm coaching high school basketball. So I've been doing that since I've been retired from basketball, playing as a player. Right. Yeah, coaching, I, I coach a, I volunteer coach at a school over here, football. Football is my, that was my passion, which I never got to another level. I was 5'6", 145 pounds playing on the offensive and defensive line, so I, I knew I was not going to make it to the next level. But I, I hung, I hung with the, the big guys for a while, but I got a few quick hitting questions and I'm going to let you go. Uh, toughest guy you had to guard while you were at NC State? Well, well, uh, you know, we talked about, we talked about Grant Hill earlier. Right. He was, he was a really good basketball player. Um, guys like Dennis Scott was, was, was tough. You know, just, you know, if guys was, was if a guy that was, was, was physically bigger or stronger than me, that, 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 that made it pretty tough, you know, because, um, um, a lot of those guys try to, to post me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they try to post me up, you know. Might need a little help on the on, on the block. But um, the guys like Grant Hill and, and Dennis Scott, well, those, those guys were, were tough tough for me to guard. Just just surely because of their, their their size, their size difference and strength difference that they had. Okay. Favorite favorite memory at while you were at NC State, and it, I'm I'm sure there are several, but if there's a couple, that's fine. But favorite memory at NC State? Well, uh, you know the, the NCAA tournament that game against Iowa was was a was a favorite. Yeah, favorite. It's, it's really up there, and and then the uh, um, the Georgia Tech game at home my senior year, where I scored 48 points in that game. Um, that's that's up there as well, and then there's a game that um, you know it's a game that we played at Reynolds and we were losing against the Virginia team, and um, you know I I, I scored 30, 32 points. I think I scored thirty points in the second half of that game. We came wow. back and won, and um, that that game is memorable. You know that's memorable because I think I scored thirty points in that second half and. Virginia only scored twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so you <laughs> beat him in the second half. <laughs> yeah, that that game was that game was very memorable as well. Okay, that the last 
Last question I got for you. Who gave you the nickname Ice? Well, you know, the, the uh, ever since high school, ever since playing, ever, well, even before that, when I was when I was younger, I always had, you know, you, you, you always get a nickname in the hood. Yeah. They, they give you a nickname. <laughs> so, but ever since, ever since I played basketball, I always had a nickname. And it always had to be, it was always something like Ice or Smooth or Cool Whip or <laughs> something in that area. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I stopped first hearing Ice when I was in high school. And, uh, and then, it, I don't know, kind of, it kind of picked up. It kind of picked up when I went to NC State, and um, I honestly I don't even know who who really started the, the fire and ice thing. Yeah. I think he was a reporter, body, but um, it kind of it was ice, and then it they put fire next to it, so it kind of worked for us, yeah, for our personality. But it, it, it was it was it was great for both of us. Yeah, it, it was definitely great. Oh, uh, Mister Monroe. I thank you so much for your time. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. Like I said, one of my favorite favorite ACC players of all time. Uh, definitely my favorite NC State player of all time. But uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show tonight. I've really enjoyed this, man. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. Well, you're welcome, man. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. Guys, that is Rodney Monroe on the final score. You too. Thank you. Thank you.